0: Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast, weekly insights into everything video. Here's the host, Leah Walker. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Pro Video Podcast. This week we're talking with James Cohen, yes captain, the man himself, Melbourne based studio producing some great work. He's also doing so much for the community, hosting NodeFest. Last year was the first year of this, and it's happening again this year. Cover who was speaking last year and what this event is all about. Again, thanks everybody who's been leaving some reviews on iTunes. It helps so much if you do rate and review the show. I'm going to read some more of those at the end of the show, so listen out. All right, with that, let's go to this week's episode with James Cohen, Yes Captain, the man himself. It's awesome to have you on the show, mate.
1: Thanks, Blair. It's great to be here.
0: So you own your own studio, which is Yes Captain. Uh, Do you mind sharing with the audience the type of work that you do and what the studio structure is?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, It's a nice small studio. The only full-timers are myself and my wife. My wife Kim is our executive producer and um, she brings in a lot of the new business as well. We like to keep it small, we like to keep it a little family business, but our strength really relies on a lot of freelancers that are really talented. We've got a great pool of freelancers here in Melbourne, where we're based, but we still use people around the world as well. It's a beautiful thing to be in this day and age, where we can have animators in Spain or Vancouver, which we have done, and you come in at nine o'clock and the work's already there. So... That's uh, sometimes how we work and the kind of work we do it varies. Um, explainers are certainly a big part of the, the work we do, um, online content obviously is explaining. We've done a little bit of TV branding as well and we probably love that area the most but sadly budgets are shrinking in that area and you know there's usually too many cooks in the kitchen on those jobs so they're not as rewarding anymore. And a lot of TV branding is going in-house in the TV studios here. Probably the same in New Zealand, I imagine. Um, So, yeah, online explainers are great and event graphics are also a big thing we do. So um, our our football over here, uh, not rugby, AFL at the MCG, which is a massive stadium here. They recently put in massive LED screens around the whole perimeter. And uh, we did a lot of stuff there for not the advertising, but the warm-up kind of content when you get to the ground and your team is playing and some really cool stuff with team mascots running around the ground and stuff like that. So, yeah, a a good variety of work. And obviously TVCs as well. They come in occasionally.
0: Yeah, I was looking at one of those TVC spots for one of the most iconic um, features of Sydney, which was uh, Luna Park. That was Mm -hmm. a really fun spot.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we're stuck with that. It just won an award um, just a couple of days ago, a gold award at the Muse Creative Awards in I think they're in New York. So pretty pumped with that one.
0: It looked like it was well executed three D motion piece. Was that all done in Cinema 4D? What what sort of render engines were you using?
1: Yeah, that was all Cinema 4D and a pretty scary three-week turnaround from the initial brief, like absolutely zero creative from the agency, which was kind of good that we could do whatever we liked. But three weeks is a pretty scary turnaround for a 30-second um, 3D commercial, and we had to deliver a 15-second cut Yeah, it was all rendered in Arnold at the time. Um, we up until recently have been a Mac studio um, and so that you can't get any GPUs, renderers on a Mac easily at the moment. That expensive for uh, external equipment. So we were using Arnold and Arnold's a gorgeous renderer. And, um, but it's, uh, well, it's it's, it's, slow, it's slowish, um, you know, if you compare it to GPU renderers. So it's, it's not too bad when you're actually working with it. It's great that there's an IPR and you can get some really good look dev and art direction going. Um, and, you know, certainly something like that learned a park spot because it was outdoors. It was pretty much just one, you know, physical sky and boom, you didn't have to worry about anything else. The lighting just did itself. Yeah. Um, And it it just looks beautiful because it's physically accurate. But we've just recently moved to PCs, um, which is a big shift. Um, I mean, I've been on Mac for 20 20 years probably, so it's a big shift to get used to the different operating system, but I think Windows has come a long way, it certainly seems better. But obviously the power is the hardware, I mean, we've bought a machine that's a lot cheaper than what a Mac is, and we can customize it, do what we want, stick GPUs in it. So we just did a job recently, we used Octane for the first time, Uh, and it was certainly much quicker and it's amazing how, how fast it is.
0: Yeah, exactly what you just described is what's happening for us as well we were a Mac studio since I set up our internal facility for 11 years all Macs and then just the writing on the wall end of last year with no announcements of the Mac Pro we made the decision to upgrade to PCs knowing that in a corporate structure which is just similar for a freelance or a small studio that you can upgrade those individual graphics cards as need and budget and requirements come into play where we were sort of locked into you know having a mac pro that was three years old and the same price as when it was first delivered and the performance of that so it'll be interesting to see what they release next year and whether it's worth moving back but i agree that windows is a really mature operating system and nowhere near as daunting a transition as it might have been in previous os with with rendering on arnold i'm wondering um have you taken in are you utilizing cloud rendering at all has that been a part of past workflows
1: Yes, we were. We were using Arnold. Uh, We only have one license because it's not cheap. It's about $1,000 Australian for one license. So it's pretty pricey compared to the others. And definitely we needed to use the cloud rendering as well because we couldn't render it all on one machine and get it done in that time frame. So we were using, um, there's two that we were using, range computing, I think in France, which is really well priced, but a bit cumbersome to use, and then Rebus Rebus were much easier to use with Inside Cinema, but a little bit more expensive, and sadly they've just dropped support for Arnold. Arnold has changed their pricing structure recently, so that's thrown a bit of a cat in the pigeons there.
0: And I think there was an announcement that they they had released new pricings for Arnold again, Hmm. so it's been a bit of a flux for Arnold, but Rebus, definitely the most intuitive to add into Cinema 4D and to get into the cloud, Um, Mm. Rebus 2.0 was such a great update because um, you could save your files directly to a shared network, which was really important to us as well. The thing with Rebus Mm. is that being based in Germany and being one of the best, they're kind of playing their own game because what we found last year with the update to R18 with the take system was that um, they dropped support for Cinema 4D standard and physical renderer for like three months. And at that point, Arnold was the only Cinema 4D option you had for rendering. Wow. Which is tricky if they don't give you a heads up. (laughs) It just stops working. And you've actually like put that into your workflow with clients and you're charging clients for this resource to speed up getting projects turned around. So a little bit of um, be cautious about putting you know investing in one solution so it's really good to hear you know having ranch computing as a second option
1: yeah and their prices are really cheap they've just got to go through a little bit more work of the problem with cloud rendering for us is australian internet is atrocious i think uh, every video based company really struggles with it at the moment obviously we're a very big country they're trying to put something in but what the government are putting in is garbage um so we're all really struggling um so downloading files uh, from a cloud renderer, it takes ages. Yeah. So it's actually, you know, the rendering is really fast, but then downloading them is really slow. So that means we couldn't render in EXR. XR. You'd have to render as PNG, all sorts of things. You'd have to limit your amount of passes. Yeah. you guys face with that?
0: We are. We are. And um, that was – it was – only because of Rebus 2.0 that I implemented it as a resource internally because uh, what we found was one the first version of Rebus wasn't uh, fast enough packet transfer of the files mm-hmm. even as a PNG and, and that's the problem, it's like you send it to the cloud and it renders in 5 minutes because you're paying, I don't know, 100 bucks, whatever but it, then it takes like 5 hours to download.
1: Mm, it's almost negates <laughs> doing it.
0: Yeah, completely and we've only got one cable coming into New Zealand So, yeah, they're looking to put in a second cable and that looks like it's definitely going ahead, which is great. Yeah, it's hard being so disconnected from the main lines of Europe and America, really.
1: Mm. I'd I'd heard that New Zealand had it better than us, but maybe they don't. know.
0: Yeah, I think think it's still rolling out a bit. Um, Right. At work, it's good. But at, at a lot of residential areas, there's still a lot of work to be done. And the rollout of yeah. ultra fast broadband has been a little bit slow on the adoption. And that's because you mm. kind of got, you know, they roll it out in the streets, that's all good, but you got to pay to get it to the house. <laughs> mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so that's been where it's been a bit slow. So our business has matured at a pace that is much faster than a lot of other industries. So we do mm-hmm. have that need of the cloud and the resources in the cloud.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's frustrating here yeah, because the government keep going on about innovation boom. It was one of their taglines they took to the election, but they they have no clue. They're completely out of touch on what that actually means. Uh, and I don't know what it's like for other businesses, but I imagine a lot of them in this day and age have to communicate quickly and send imagery or video. I mean, video's massive for everyone, not just animates. So
0: yeah,
1: we've got two internets at our work, basically. So I've just turned on this little thing that we usually use to upload videos to clients because it can upload really quick, but it's very expensive. So yeah, it's just crazy. We're spending $230 a month.
0: It's really interesting. I'm on an industry panel for one of the um, tertiary schools here and discussing how to get students into fields of motion, VFX, emerging technologies such as VR, AR, all of that. And the problem is that you need to be um, getting people on the right track at high school because that impacts where they're going to end up in their tertiary and the recruiters and the people in the schools the people like parents don't even have an inkling that this technology exists let alone what pathways for their children so it's kind of you know pushing the old uh being an accountant uh, the traditional sort of career path that they know
1: yeah. mm. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that, but it makes sense to help educate parents as well. You know, the potential that their kids can do because, the, you know, you can still do very well in these industries.
0: I just wanted to touch on a couple of other pieces of your work before sort of discussing mm-hmm. Node, which is such a huge topic in itself, and I want to give that the due time it's needed. But I was really enjoying the Killer Elite titles, and I think as motion designers, title sequences are just such an enjoyable part of of our job and the type of projects that you do. Do you mind sort of explaining those titles for the audience?
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, it's, it's probably a bit cheeky that it's still on my website. Uh, it was a leftover from my freelance career before I started Yes Captain. Um, it was without a doubt the best job I ever had. There's a great visual effects company here in Melbourne called Alura, I think they've got offices in Sydney as well. They recently won an Emmy for the work they did on Game of Thrones, The Battle of the Bastards, which is unbelievable work. Um, And I've been trying to get a freelance gig there for ages. This is back in 2011, so it's quite old now. And uh, you know, sometimes as a freelancer, you you rock up and you never know what you're going to work on until you sit down and they tell you. And it could be as boring as a video about toenail fungus, which I have had the pleasure of doing. But this one, they came in and said, right, you're designing the end titles of a feature film with Robert De Niro and Jason Statham in it. So I was pretty happy. So back then, the Allura had a a design department, which unfortunately they don't have anymore. The business structure changed a bit, but it was without a doubt the best job I've ever had freelance. Um, Really lovely people, very exciting to sit amongst the visual effects people working on TED and Ghost Rider at the time, you know, seeing all the amazing stuff going on there. But as far as um, Killer Elite, the creative director at the time, Stephen Van elst he's now at Spinifex in LA, a great creative director. He had a, a pretty solid idea, um, so he had a bit of the design already set, but it was up to me to take it further, which was great. And I had only just switched from Maya to cinema at the time, so it was a big learning curve for me to pick up cinema. But thankfully, cinema is very intuitive, very easy to learn. Uh, and I could run with it. And um, there was a core team of full-timers there in that design team. Uh, they were pretty busy at that time with other jobs. But when they finished those jobs, they helped me out a little bit at the end too with some compositing and stuff. So yeah, it was all done in cinema, just uh, little discs cloned and uh, using an image, uh, the luminance of an image to scale the size of the dots. Um, but some people look at it and think it was trap code form or something in After Effects, but it wasn't. I don't think it would have been very hard to do it in After Effects. It's so much easier, obviously, to move the camera around and get great, interesting shots. So it was fun that uh, the production gave me just a bunch of stills that I could go through from the film and choose what I thought would be a nice still for the design and the title. And then not only a a good design, but what's going to translate into those dots and that dot technique really well. And then I think we could also get much better depth of field. Um, We had depth pass, even though they're just simple geometry of dots. We could get much better and accurate depth of field, which I think really helps the piece as well
0: awesome allura does amazing work and FX guide had an article on the work that they did for that game of thrones battle it was yeah. a podcast on that so node i'm really grateful as i know the rest of australasia are for you creating node first. so thank oh, you great to
1: hear you're I, welcome
0: I, I would like you to sort of take a moment to explain to the audience what node is
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Simply Note is a dedicated uh, event for motion design to celebrate the, the talent from Australia and New Zealand or Australasia. There's a lot of creative festivals around that focus on a lot of different subjects. They're quite broad, and we wanted to make one that's very deliberately focused on motion design. Of course, motion design in itself is is broad. You've got to be a photographer, a visual effects artist, an illustrator, and lots of things. So underneath that banner, is still lots of different disciplines. But um, you know, I think working as our little studio is in motion design. There's um. A lot of companies don't know what motion design is, so or, or other things related to that, they kind of leave it to the last minute. So part of Node is to give the industry a face, celebrate the talent that we have here, which there's a lot of talent here in all in Australia and New Zealand. Bring us together to have a party every year. Yeah, you know, be proud of what we do. So there's a lot in it, but mainly it's just to um, to inspire and connect with motion design artists and, and champion what we have to offer
0: that opportunity to connect is something that i'm really passionate about as well a lot more people in motion design are smaller studios going down on their own as freelancers moving out of bigger facilities and things like that having these opportunities to get together to make connections to network to become stronger it's an mm-hmm. amazing opportunity that you're giving the whole industry so thank you for that mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, you know, like many creators, I have a new idea every day. And thankfully, this is one that stuck. It was, a, I think, two Januarys ago, maybe. I was just a bit bored and I went to a conference and it was a conference not, not about motion graphics at all. And the material in the conference didn't inspire me that much but just how well they put it on really inspired me and how short and sharp the speaking sessions were. A lot of a lot of talks you go to and it's three hours of someone rambling on about something but this conference I went to was just like you know every 20 or 30 minutes there'd be a new speaker so it was really engaging so a lot of those things inspired and thankfully this idea stuck and my wife's got a lot of experience in um, event management and producing so it wouldn't have happened without her expertise pulling it together. When we first had the idea I thought you know, is this reality? How can we pull this together? But thankfully, um, it came together pretty easily. It was still a lot of work, but um, the big thing was to get Maxon and Adobe on board. And when they came on board, everything else just followed after pretty easily. They were great, really supportive.
0: Both those companies really do support the artists and um, try and connect and understand and talk openly, which is what we need to hear that the companies are actually hearing our voice and what we're needing. So to to be there involved with the festivals it's really important for those companies to yeah to do that
1: it is and obviously there's a lot of these sort of festivals around the, the world i look forward every year to nab i've never been but you know when they they've just had it and they, in the next couple of weeks they'll post the videos from nab um and there's other events like that around europe and they're really inspiring but that was another inspiration for us well there's nothing here why isn't there so let's just do it there, there's been a couple of other festivals in recent years that sort of had a motion graphics component but now those festivals have uh, broadened off into tech and startup and different areas that's not our focus so we um, definitely saw the opportunity to create something for our industry.
0: Yeah SIGGRAPH Asia is probably the closest in Mm. in geography and content and we do feel that disconnect being in Australia and New Zealand away from NAB, SIGGRAPH, IBC (laughs) Those conferences are much broader, like you say, but then the ones that do focus on design even, such as OFF in Barcelona and Blend Mm in Vancouver, Blend is probably the closest of isolating on motion. Like you say, motion is such a big category in itself that there's no shortage of topics to discover and talk about. So it's awesome to have something for us and for motion designers around the world, a great opportunity to come and check out Australia, come to note, connect with Australasia, because the reality is, as a global community, we can all collaborate, even if you are from Europe or the States or wherever you are in the world.
1: Yeah, totally, absolutely. And uh, November is when the, it starts to get warm, and so it's a good time to get on a plane, and come down, even in uh, Melbourne, it'll get warm about November. But I think, the you know, our big hope for the festival is that it not only inspires everyone that attend, that are motion designers, but really helps grow the quality of work that we can do here because there's so much talent, as I've said, but sometimes the, the job opportunities aren't as exciting. Um, you know, TV branding is not as exciting here. Sure, it's a smaller market. We see all these amazing title sequences done you know, for North America or Europe. Why isn't it done here? Or why don't those studios use Australians? Um, I've seen big companies in the Telstra or Optus, or one of them, they had an amazing animation. I looked it up and it was done in New York. Like, why don't they do it here? They do people not know that there's awesome motion graphics talent here, so that's a big part of it too is connect and have a party but also raise our profile and really wave a banner that Australian, New Zealand motion graphics is freaking awesome
0: It's so good to hear and you're completely right, one of the speakers, Chris Morris that you had at last year Amazing work, amazing title sequences, just yeah. a great eye and to hear him speak, you know, the talent that is in Australia and New Zealand can do world-class work and exposing and bringing them together. We need people like you who are bringing the community together to strengthen it, so thank you.
1: Yeah, no worries, it's our pleasure and it's awesome to be a part of it. We, uh, we're we starting to shape up for the next node and we can't wait to make announcements once a few things are uh, in, in place. Awesome. It's going to be even better speakers this year, I reckon. November 17, save the day. Melbourne, Australia.
0: Plenty of time, listeners, to book (coughs) your tickets and book those hotel rooms and connect with other (laughs) like-minded people and have a little bit of a party. Melbourne, my favourite city. It's such an amazing city to visit as well. It is a great city. Thank you. I really wanted to talk about some of the uh, speakers from um, the first Node Fest. Tim Clapper. The godfather of motion design was Cinema 4D. What a great person.
1: He's a genius, uh, and he was at the top of the list um, after getting Max on and Adobe, um, and then it was the, the particular venue we wanted, ACME, which is the Australian Centre of Moving Image. It's perfect venue, it celebrates motion, it's a comfortable theatre, so that was very high. And then when we turned to speakers, I mean, they're all important, but Tim Clapham, I didn't know him at that stage, uh, but I really wanted him because obviously if anyone's seen his training material, uh, he's very generous with all of that knowledge. Um, you know, you might have seen him on an NAB video, Um, and we reached out and he was very supportive as was his wife Um, and and they're a similar kind of business to myself and my wife. So his wife Fleur um, operates the hellolux.com uh, web portal which is a great place to go and buy training for Cinema 4D uh, and they both came on board not only as Tim as a speaker but uh, the business and Fleur giving us a huge sponsorship for one of the prizes so yeah it was awesome their support and Tim, he's, he's a great speaker because if you've seen him talk in NAB or something it might be more like a tutorial the talk he gave at NodeFest wasn't just that, it was inspiring, it was part of his journey into motion graphics it was a couple of tips and tricks it had it all in half an
0: hour tim has basically trained all the people who now put out a lot of content as well that's how i learned cinema 4d but i also started watching his content before i was even transitioned to cinema 4d when i was using Maya oh. through fx phd mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. one of the reasons why i felt okay about shifting our whole agency workflow from quite a, quite a visual effects focused 3d app to a motion design based application fxphd some of the best content that i've ever seen just jam-packed and yeah and the way he presents and gets this information over makes it engaging i've talked to fleur and um tim and when he's got some free time he's going to come on the show so um oh,
1: fantastic luck. yeah
0: one. I'm looking forward to talking to him about his experience as a speaker because uh, the more that people promote themselves and get out and communicate, which which is quite a daunting thing for those who are creative in the motion design industry to get up and speak about themselves and their work, but it really does support the industry and those coming through.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and we've, it's not easy. Public speaking is not for everyone. It took a real while to get used to it. But, um, you know, and some of the speakers that we've got lined up this year have already expressed that they're interested, but they're a bit nervous. And it's like, that's okay. It's all right. Uh, if you're passionate, if you've got something to say, if you've got an opinion and you've got some humility, uh, the audience is ready to lap it up. And, yeah. and that's all that matters. The, the only person that will know you're nervous is yourself. It doesn't really come through. And, and thankfully, Node is also very casual. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter if you flub up make a mistake, it doesn't matter, it's just you know, it's more very relaxed and very intimate, Um, the cinema is only about 170 seats so we're not about making it too big, it's rather have an intimate party and and also we had good feedback that the after party was really accessible that everyone could go and network quite easily because it wasn't too big
0: The industry whatever level you're at, are really supportive that's something that I love about motion designers, everybody's there to help each other and support each other
1: absolutely and and one of our other speakers if I can jump to him uh, Raoul marks who um we may not be able to put his video online because some of the content's pretty uh, sensitive, but, um, he was awesome to, he had a pretty busy schedule and he couldn't do a preso, but he still joined us on the couch and we had a great session talking about his work. And for those that don't know, I'm sure everyone does, but just in case you don't, he, he works with Patrick Clare, Elastic and they do incredible titles for Westworld and True Detective, um, you name it, all the big shows, American Gods. And, um, whilst Patrick works in LA, uh, Rao works here in Melbourne and, um, it was fantastic that he was there for the whole day, which not only to give his uh, insight in his chat on the couch, but also at the after party. You know, And I, I remember seeing photos, young animators, students going up and being able to talk to Raoul Marx. People look up to him as a god. He is a god. I do. He's amazing. He's a freak. Uh, he's so talented. And it was great that everyone was on the same level, no one's walking around like a superstar, uh, even though they are, and uh, everyone could say hello to their idols and and chat about what we're passionate about.
0: In such an intimate setting, you know, going to somewhere like NAB, it's just a crowd full of people, but this is a really nice intimate setting to have these conversations with these icons in the industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we were honoured to have about four or five Kiwis join us, a couple of superstars,
0: yeah, yeah. My mate Rich, who was on episode number one of the Pro Video Podcast, and um, the episode that I recorded prior to this one, we had Amanda Sassano.
1: I, re- I remember meeting Amanda, uh, and of mm-hmm. course I know Rich, and we're trying to twist his arm to Come on board for this year. One
0: of the nicest guys in the industry. He helps out anybody who asks for it.
1: He does and he's super talented. I'm just trying to learn Redshift myself for Cinema Four D and mm-hmm. Rich has already Rich has already helped give me a couple of tips. So yeah, he's a legend. He's yeah. so talented.
0: Yeah, I had to send you a link to our Slack group that um, sure. but we basically supporting each other I'm going to open it up to anybody who wants to have a, um, access to that um, absolutely
1: so, yeah. we're, we were keen to start a node one too which I hope doesn't clash with yours at all but I don't think it hurts to have more channels to for everyone to chat
0: that's the good thing about slack is that it's really easy to add lots of groups different teams right. and to switch between them um, oh, okay cool yeah not at all the more the merrier, the more the
1: merrier. yeah yep. totally sweet
0: I also just wanted to sort of discuss that some of these videos and presentations you have put online for Node for people to view, where can they find that?
1: Nodefest.com.au and then there's uh, up in the top menu there's a sessions button so just click on that, there's only a couple edited at the moment um, but there'll be more rolling out in the months to come in the lead up to Node 2.0. You can see Tim Clattons and Chris Morris is up and Annabelle Dundas also did a great talk about the art of the pitch more from the business side
0: of you. Yeah, that was a great one actually because it's, yeah. it's a, such a hard aspect of our roles if that is part of your job to pitch mm. ideas. Yeah, the pitch is an interesting one. She basically was saying that it's a gamble. Um, mm. I had Johnny Kofit on the show. He he said that it was basically almost like begging. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, it, the pitch is a hard one whether to, to even do it to start with and then how to approach it.
1: Yeah, well, we're actually, I mean, I don't want to start, I don't want to start too many things. We're already doing Node and Yes Captain, but we're going to, we're looking at starting a little bit of a movement to stop the pitch. Uh, we just got asked to pitch by a company, uh, a major TV company, um, and they wanted us to create an end resolve and a strap and actually do the end resolve, actually animate it for no money. And yeah. two other companies are going to do it as well. And then they would pick. So you're actually doing 100% of the work and and <laughs> I mean, do they do they take that offering to the cameraman? Yeah. Do they take that offering to the makeup artists? It's it's not only, yeah, okay, you don't go and buy milk and bread in that way. It's actually within the same TV show. Now, this is a TV show that's going to be on commercial where you're making heaps of money out of advertising, and they want me to sit and do a whole bunch of work and then hope that I'm lucky enough. So it's absolute bull****. And I'm really getting fired up about this. I'm passionate about stopping the pitch. We're going to get some T-shirts and stickers done, um, and you you might see me wear that T-shirt at node. Uh, not only is it offensive that these companies are asking for us to pitch for free, but what's more offensive? is studios saying yes to it mm-hmm. now i know there's a lot of us and myself included might be a small studio you feel like you've got to take the work on just don't it's devaluing our craft it's devaluing our art if we all in together and stop pitching they'll be forced to actually pay for stuff so i'm um, absolutely cranky as hell that these big companies expect free work good on you yeah imagine if they went to three cameramen and said okay we want to we want you to shoot this scene and then choose, we'll choose which one of you is the best for the job. No, we've got a website. You can have a look at our work, do you like it? Choose us, and then if you want us to come up with three creative ideas, we can, rather than get three different studios. We can come, because we've done pictures before, back in the early day when we thought we had to, uh, and then you don't get the work, but then they forward your work on as reference to the people that win. So it's just the whole free ideas thing is and hopefully we can bring that into note a bit. Node's it's a great channel and opportunity for us to bring that community together and rise up and say, no, stop the pitch, don't do it.
0: Part of this is looking at what we're charging, the rates, um, the mm-hmm. value of the work that's being produced <clears throat> as well. A lot of creative people don't like to talk about is what their rates are, but it's only mm-hmm. by knowing the true value and the market value and not letting someone else pressure you into a lower rate because the potential of not having work at all it's, it's, it's mm. a real hard one, but if you're by yourself and you, you can't have these conversations with others, you mm. are going to feel like pressured into it.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And sadly, I think there are some studios that deliberately undercut and use students straight out of uni and pay them bugger all and do very cheap work, but it's a toughie. We're not going to do that. We'd prefer quality over quantity. Yeah, definitely. It's a good idea.
0: In New Zealand and Australia it's one degree of separation really in these markets. And that's something that as we come together more as a community, that's only gonna strengthen. People yep. are gonna know about who's who's pulling these tactics out.
1: Mm. It's, it's a good point, actually. I mean, if, if, we, if everyone was pretty much on the same rate, studios, if everyone knew, right, okay, this is the rate, then clients are going to choose you just based on the work or the relationship, and that's much better rather than just choosing based on price, I think. And now it's time for Pro Video Packs. How many can I give you? I mean, I could give you a lot. Uh, i sadly spend way too much time online. I'm like Neo in the Matrix. But I'll give you, at the moment, uh, Learn Squared, com is my pick of the week. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Ashthorpe, a pretty incredible designer, who's designed a lot of graphics and stuff for Total Recall, the remake, or Ghosts in the Shell. He's an incredible designer. So he started up with some mates this website called LearnSquared.com. It's a training website and one of the unique aspects of it is you can pay to watch him give a tutorial, but also someone that doesn't know that software, who might be an expertise in a different field, will come along for the ride. Um, And then you might get that person that was the student, they'll switch roles and they'll be the instructor. So it's pretty unique. Um, But if you don't, that that tier is a little bit more expensive. If you want to go the lower tier, the entry fee, you can just watch as normal, kind of just watch the guy do tutorials. And there's some fantastic tutorials on there. Um, Really different to a lot of the tutorials you see out there that's just button pressing, where you don't really learn anything. This one's a little bit more, um, you know, the thinking behind design, which I like to see. So I bought a few recently, a lot of Cinema 4D design workflows and animation workflows, and I'm trying to learn Houdini at the moment too. Houdini's just incredible, amazing, but really hard to learn. That's Uh,
0: pretty full-on beast, that one.
1: It's full on, but there's a great course on Learn Squared about cool. Houdini as well. So that's my pick of the week.
0: It's awesome to see these different training models coming out, and it is the web that's enabled this because um, Joey at the School of Motion, too, just a completely mm-hmm. different way of learning motion design, yep. rigging. It's going to put a bit of pressure on these tertiary schools who are sort of locked into the mechanics of government. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. And these are really affordable. I think it's 65 US for a course. Um, it's not too bad. It's not, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And sadly, you have to stream it, which is not great in Australia and New Zealand. But, you know, it's there forever. You can always come back to it.
0: The years of knowledge that you're paying for that $65, it's mm. just ridiculous, the quality yeah. of content you're getting. Absolutely. Who do you follow and where can we find them online?
1: Well, I I was thinking about this and I follow such a big, vast array of people and companies certainly switch to, well, I've been on Instagram for a while now, but that's certainly becoming more and more a wealth of inspiration. Um, One of the people I like to follow is a tattooist. So it's nice to follow, not just motion designers, you know, should be getting inspiration from lots of different sources. So there's a a tattooist called Frank Carrillo, Um, I'll send a link for that. And his tattoos, whether you want to get a tattoo or not, it's just appreciating the incredible art. This guy does just black and white tattoos and he deliberately looks like he leaves the little lines that you might use when you first do a drawing, like the little circles for a head and the circle for a nose. So they're part of the tattoo and it just looks extraordinary. It almost looks like measurement lines and rulers and stuff and these fine little dots and lines. It's really unique and different. And another thing I've been following a lot on uh, Instagram is Visual Fodder. And uh, it's uh, an account that's just full of really random, crazy art. And most of it's not motion design, but i am feeling it helps kind of inspire your motion designs. So it's, just, again, it's nice to look beyond motion design because otherwise all of our stuff will just become the same. There's enough shiny spheres on landscapes at the moment. So <laughs> let's, let, let's move on and do something
0: different. Little men in front of a glowing orb. (laughs)
1: Uh, Sick sick of it. I'm kind of a bit sick of these people doing everydays I mean it's great if people want to do everydays because you would definitely learn and put your skills but um, they're just all becoming a bit samey.
0: What you're saying just echoes all the top motion designers and um, motion directors that I've talked to, that the inspiration comes from other things in life that spark these
1: ideas. Absolutely. I'm a complete sucker for watching visual effects breakdowns too so I've got got one for that some crazy russian film called attraction so i'll send a link for that as well and even though you know i watch it and go i can't do that but it doesn't matter because it's just another kind of way of firing the brain
0: yeah yeah getting your thoughts onto a completely different track yep yeah so have you got a video that you want to share with the listeners that inspires you
1: um, well, yes, that was the visual effects one.
0: Actually. Oh, cool,
1: cool. It was just something that popped up this week that I found very inspiring.
0: You're such an awesome was, guest. You're um, answering the questions before I asked it. That's awesome. I know, I know. I'm
1: organized. Because <laughs> I didn't want to have a mental blank when you asked me the question.
0: Good, good stuff. James, it's been such an awesome privilege to have you on the show, and I'm really grateful for everything that you're doing to the community. Amazing work, mate.
1: Thank you. No worries, bro. I had to say bro at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, nice. And New Zealand everybody's a bro. My, my um, Everyone's a bro. Yeah. I want to be a
1: bro. New Zealand's awesome. I've been <laughs> to Auckland and Welly and Queensland and magic places. No thanks Blair, thanks for having me. It's great to, uh, I think through Node I've met you and we've connected uh, even remotely and that'll grow when you come over and uh, it's awesome just to keep connecting. The connections keep getting bigger and wider across these two countries and I think it's only going to strengthen the, um, the motion community down under. It's fantastic.
0: That's awesome and I'd really Really love to get you on the show when you've um, confirmed the speakers, and we'll share mm-hmm. that on a future episode. Because the talent they had last year was amazing, so I'm just really excited to see what the lineup for the next one is.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, awesome. We've got some uh, big names coming, some awesome people making the opening titles. They're going to be great. We'll have a new competition as well, a little in comp. So we'll announce all that in the next in the next month or two.
0: Thanks again, James, and I will catch up with you soon.
1: Thanks, Blair. Cheers.
0: Okay, time to read some listener reviews. First up, we've got Julian CC from Australia. The title is Love This Show. He's given it five stars, so thanks for that, Julian. Much appreciated, mate. Very informative. Great to listen to experts from this side of the globe. Okay, second one is from Die underscore Chris. Title is Give Me More, and it's got five stars, so thank you for that, Chris. Great industry insights and lots of small tips and tools on this side. If you could rate and review this podcast on iTunes, I'd really be grateful. Thanks to worldpodcast.com for supporting and hosting the show. Check out all the other great podcasts that are on that network. You've got Fearless Kitchen, Stupid Questions for Scientists, and also the Social Media Strategy podcast. I've really been enjoying that one lately myself. Definitely worth a good listen. All right, everyone, have a great week. I'll catch you next time. Bye.